0: anxiety most of us have heard these terms but what's the difference are they different in children versus adults how do parents know if their child is experiencing anxiety and how can they help their child thanks for joining us as we discuss this topic in two parts we'll get some answers from megan walsh licensed social worker and behavioral health manager with compass we'll also hear from two kids and their moms as they share their experiences with anxiety First up, 16-year-old Christy and 10-year-old Francesca talk about recognizing anxiety in themselves when they first noticed it and what it looks like. Then their moms, Kara and Jill, lend their perspectives and insights. I started
1: noticing it and being able to label it in sixth grade, but looking back, I know I experienced it a lot before that, probably starting in third grade.
2: Yeah, me too. Who did you mainly talk to it about?
1: It started out. I didn't really talk to anyone about it. Um, it took a while for me, and then I started talking to my friends. But it took a long time for me to be able to talk to my parents about it. And then around eighth grade, I was able to talk to a
2: therapist about it, which really helped me a lot. I when I started, I always talked to my mom because I really didn't I was getting what was happening. But once she started talking to me about, it, she was like, "Oh, that's just anxiety. What about we try and find some things to yeah. um." Figure out how how to calm yourself down with that.
1: So when you're experiencing anxiety, what does that feel like
2: to you? Well, I'm really scared for some audrey's. I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm like, okay, I'm scared. So like before I go on the ski list, because I ski, I get really. I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm like, so I'm like, Francesca, you can't be scared about that because you go on the chair list a lot. So you got to remember, you're not going to be scared.
1: <laughs> do you think that, do you know what a panic attack is or an anxiety attack? Oh, yes, I
2: have had a lot yeah. of those. Mainly at night while I'm telling my mom. Because I'm having a panic attack, an anxiety attack, and I'm just crying. And I, my mom's like, calm down, calm down. Yeah.
1: So what do panic attacks feel like to you? Like what are the symptoms of your panic attacks? Um, I cry
2: and I cry and I cry. Mm-hmm. It's like I just cry. Everything, it just all comes out. Yeah, that's good. So in
1: mine, um, I can't breathe when I get my panic attacks, and, which is a pretty bad issue because I start to get super lightheaded and I'll start to. Hyperventilate, and it is very difficult because I mine start where I'm like sobbing, I'm in tears, and I can't stop crying, and then it progresses to where I can't breathe, and for that it's really hard because I have to. If I'm not with anybody, it's hard to get yourself to calm down and take those breaths. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do box breathing, so you breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, and then hold for four before you take another breath that's the breathing exercise that I do when I'm feeling stressed and that um, kind of works me down from those panic attacks in those moments once I start one they can last a very long time they can last like upwards of an hour and it can be really hard to
2: stop them once they've already started yes sometimes like sometimes that happens if it's at night I might like fall asleep in then I'm like huh huh what happened uh, yeah and I get like panicked attacks because I'm like wait what's happening
1: yeah so do you ever wake up in the middle of the night like feeling super anxious
2: well no I really only wake up if I have like a nightmare Mm -hmm. and then I sometimes I might think about that and I can't stop thinking about it yeah I get I'm when
1: I'm really stressed I get nightmares too and I'll Mm -hmm. wake up in like the middle of a panic attack so I'll wake up and can't breathe. And uh, that's kind of the problem that
2: I have with that. I get the nightmares too. Mm -hmm. Is there any things that you'd like to share that you are a little worried about?
1: (sighs) Right now, I think I'm just worried about school and my time management right now. I have a lot of things going on between school, work, and sports. And then when I get really bad chronic migraines, and so when I'm missing school, it's, really stressful to have to make that stuff up. When you get to high school, you have seven classes in a day, so it's seven different things you have to make up for every single day you miss, and I think that's one of my biggest stressors right now.
2: Me too, about school also, like having lockdown, thinking about having lockdown drills makes me think about lockdowns, and then that scares me a lot, in getting behind in my work, that scares me a lot, but well, I have to always remember that I... Can, um, it's okay for me to turn things in late like, because I have a special thing. So sometimes when you have that, that can help you calm down about about school.
1: Do you worry about a lot about hypothetical things like that? Like, what if we had a lockdown? What if mm. something bad happened?
2: Yes, so much. I have lots of them.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you find helps you when you get into those what-if situations? When you start thinking about that, what helps you best stop thinking about those
2: what-ifs? Well um, it depends what time it is because if it's at school then I just try and get back into the lesson my teacher's teaching me but if it's at home I would have to I would get off my mind then at night I'd remember it. so I don't really like to tell anybody till like nighttime. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That was Christy and Francesca sharing their experiences with anxiety, including when they first noticed it and who they talked to about it. Now their mothers, Kara and Jill, lend their perspectives and insights.
3: I noticed that if I'm not in a good place, if I'm tired, if I'm hungry, if I'm not my best self, and she's, she's triggered, I just sink right in there, and we get into a nasty cycle. And... It's like I can contribute all our big, like, epic clashes to a time where she was having an anxious moment and I was not my best self and just kept chipping away at something. I'm thinking it was more behavior and it wasn't behavior. It was really anxiety rearing its its angry head and I get the brunt of it for sure. She feels comfortable and safe in releasing with me. Um, which is great, but there's times where, yes, <laughs> I'm not the best, the best person to manage that.
4: It's hard to distinguish between that behavior and anxiety. When did you start noticing that anxiety with her, if you're looking back? You know, it's, as I keep learning more and more,
3: before I would have said I noticed it in middle school. And at first I thought, oh, it's just, you know, challenges transitioning to middle school. And she had a really rough time But then as I've learned more and more about um, how anxiety can present in in young kids, I would absolutely say around third grade is where I started seeing the worries um, go beyond just typical school worries to consuming worries around um, school performance and how she was doing in classes and really over-analyzing. perseverating like just intense focus on school projects how about with how about with your little one
4: well I actually have two that experience anxiety my son and my daughter my son's older um, and I think looking back for him it was when he was a baby I remember um, trying to go work out after I had him and I and he probably was like maybe one or two at the time and I would try to go to the gym and I'd take him to the daycare and he would cry and he'd be unconsolable and they'd call me back. So I went every day for two weeks. I played with him in the gym. I tried to feel comfortable and he just couldn't do it when I would leave for a night to just go to the store, you know, even leaving with my husband, he was just uncontrollable crying. So I think for him, it started really early on. And as he kind of went through life, it definitely, his anxiety, is around starting new things for transitions, you know, starting new teams or trying out for teams. He experiences a lot of anxiety. Middle school was really rough. Um, so Support group for middle school transition. Yes, it was so hard. And he, he would, he'd get so worked up, he'd be throwing up, right? So oh, it could man. look like it's yeah. a tantrum, but really, he was experiencing full on anxiety, and I didn't know what it was. When he got to middle school at that time, I, I did understand anxiety more and I, I knew what was coming for so we could work with it. And then my daughter, she kind of experiences anxiety all the time. She sounds more like your daughter. She's younger though, she's fifth grade, but I think I noticed for her in kindergarten when I drop her off at school, she would be looking back at me and crying and anxious and didn't want to go to school and would like run into the gate because she wasn't paying attention, she was looking at me. But as she's getting older, it's definitely with school. If she um, she has some learning disabilities, so if she doesn't have things on time, even though she's allowed those things on time, it causes a lot of anxiety. So we're talking a lot about that. So early, I think. I didn't know that then. I wish I would have. I wish someone right? would have been like, that's anxiety. And I just thought it was behavioral.
3: Well, you know, I had a mom ask me one time, like, what... Like knowing what you know now, like what would you have done differently early on? And I remember like that moment where I had that aha of just acknowledging their experience. And, you know, early on in those third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, when my daughter would say, I'm failing or, you know, I, I bombed this test I never validated those feelings. I always, because I knew her, I knew she didn't. I I knew that that wasn't an accurate reflection of her school or her performance, but that's the way she felt. And I wonder how different our experience would have done if I just would have said, gosh, you know, I I can see you're feeling that way or just joined alongside of her and try, instead of trying to like prove that she wasn't you know, I think we need to have more conversations about this early, earlier and earlier.
4: Yeah, I think that was the changing point for me too. I think with my kids, I remember just always saying to them, you're going to be fine. It's okay. You don't have to worry about it. That's, that, it's, it'll be fine. And then I went to a workshop and it was through a school district. And there were so many people in that gymnasium that they weren't expecting because all these families had a kiddo or someone in their life that was experiencing anxiety and that was the turning point for me. I remember the, the educator had said, we have to validate. It might not be a fear or an anxiety for us, but it is a, a true fear for them. Whether yeah. the fear is an actual threat or not a threat at all, it still to them feels very much like a threat. So validating it and not sticking with it. So not asking every day, like, how are you feeling about that you know so you're just kind of with them in the moment but it was that validation piece that yeah. made a huge difference and it and it still does to this day I mean I still catch myself when I'm talking to them with anxiety i they're like no it'll be fine and then I'll remember yeah and like, right. yeah that's a that's a big worry yeah. I must feel really big to you know experience that fear or that worry and and they instantly are like yes someone like, gets yeah. it and that eases a lot of their anxiety so for me the validation was huge Huge too. So you've mentioned a couple times those different kind of
3: physical responses, um, like vomiting and stomach aches. Mine, I started having debilitating headaches, migraines really mm. early on, mm. and it did take us a little while to start tracking some of these physical responses. To kind of more intense periods of anxiety or, or stress. And, and so, like, learning the different ways that it can present and, you know, stomach aches, headaches, vomiting, you know, fatigue, all these different things, that was really eye opening
4: as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think that's a really hard thing because every child's different. So, me having two that experience anxiety in different ways, yeah, learning yeah. both of them. I've had to learn that with them, and and they've also had to learn, and the older they get, being in fifth and seventh grade now, they're able to talk about it, and they can kind of catch their anxiety before it happens, and they can cope with it, but it's taken a long time through their development and figuring that out.
0: We're joined today by Megan Walsh, licensed social worker and behavioral health manager with Encompass. Thanks for joining us again today. Hi Sam, thanks for having me. So this is a pretty big topic we're talking about today.
5: So first, can you explain the difference between stress and anxiety? Absolutely. So stress is a response to an external cause. So something happens, maybe you have a tight deadline at work or maybe you have a fight with a friend, you have stress as a response to that event. Um, The difficult feelings go away after that situation is resolved. That's stress. Anxiety is a person's specific response to that stress, so the origin is internal. Um, Many people describe it as a persistent feeling of dread or apprehension, feeling like something bad is going to happen, but not really knowing why or when. Um, And when the situation resolves itself, the feelings remain. So it's, it's a response based on a situation that's are maybe already gone away or maybe isn't actually happening. That's um, quite a difference because I mm-hmm. think we often use those two mm-hmm. words interchangeably. Yeah, absolutely. And they're very, very different. Everybody experiences anxiety, everybody experiences stress, um, but the origins are very different. So is it different in kids versus adults? Mm-hmm. And if so, how? So. Every human is a little bit different, but the cause of anxiety in both adults and in kids is usually a mix of several different things. It could be a blend of genetics, it could be brain chemistry, life situations, and sometimes it can be learned behaviors. You know, the older we get, the more kind of not positive patterns we can develop sometimes, and so for adults, it can take a lot longer to unravel all of that. But really, anxiety is based in the fact that about 20% of people are born with an overactive amygdala. And the amygdala is a tiny little almond-shaped part of our brain that's job is to scan our environment four times every second to let us know whether we are safe or not. And we're biologically hardwired to respond quickly to fear. So if we perceive the message from our amygdala that we're not safe then our body naturally responds. Adrenaline and noradrenaline are downloaded, our blood pressure rises, our heartbeat's faster, our breathing happens more quickly, um, and actually our ears fill with fluid. So sometimes I'll have parents say, it feels like my kid doesn't even hear me, and the reality is they don't. If they're having that physiological response, they don't hear you well. So what happens is, for adults, They've had experiences of having anxiety, having feelings, having life experiences, and their amygdala starts to get more and more reactive. So for adults, it can happen more often because of their life experience. Kids often are the result of something that's going on in their life, or they're genetically hardwired to have more feelings of anxiety. Are there gender differences? You know, studies are showing that there really aren't. Biologically, Every human has the same response to anxiety. What happens is that social pressures can change that. Um, So if you control for all of those kind of things, then that's not the case. So it seems to me, I've got kids, and it does seem to me that it's pretty
0: normal for kids to sometimes make a really big deal out of something, um, and in some cases, the opposite, just kind of shrug something off, of just kind of regular daily occurrences. So how do parents know if their child's
5: behavior is typical kids just being kids, or if it really is more serious? So I think when parents start to notice that their child's response is either much bigger or much smaller than what their peers are having happen, that's when we know that we wanna take a closer look. And it might be that we just wanna build in some strengths-based activities for that kiddo and that family to help the child build resiliency or it might be that that child might need a medication or might need an individual or family therapy. So how would parents know if their child is feeling anxious? What would they see? So they could see a change in sleeping patterns, in eating patterns. They might not be talking in certain situations. Sometimes we'll have kids who will come to school and won't speak a word at school but they are chatty at home. And so that's a situation where there may be some anxiety going on at school. Um, You might have a kiddo who asks nonsense questions. Those are the kids who the whole way to school they're saying, what are we having for dinner? What's going on? What's that grass looking like? And what color is that? When they already know the answers to those things. But it's just a sign that they're feeling some anxiety around that. They also might have some somatic complaints, so they might say they have a stomach ache or a headache. They have a boo-boo that you really can't see. Those are things we all want to pay attention to. That wraps up part one of our podcast on understanding
0: childhood anxiety and what it might look like. Join us next week as our guests discuss different strategies for managing anxiety. And for additional resources and to subscribe to the Encompass Parent Talks podcast, please visit our website www.encompassnw.org